Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Three is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry Connick Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings from Memphis, Tennessee today. I'm Sean Kelly, on the road with the Pelicans, who take on the Grizzlies tonight. Glad you're with us here on the podcast as we've got a good one for you on this uh, Wednesday. We'll, of course, uh, look forward to tonight's game here in Memphis. And we'll start our NFL Draft Series today as we uh, take a look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who hold the top spot in this upcoming NFL Draft. Eight picks in all. And we'll uh, preview uh, the draft for all 12 teams leading up to the Saints, selecting at number 13. We'll throw the Carolina Panthers in there as well to make sure that we have the NFC South covered. But we are close enough now to the NFL Draft that we need to begin and begin in earnest. And uh, with that, Andrew Astelford from Sun Sports will join us today to talk about the Buccaneers and what they might do at number one and then throughout their draft as they look to uh, take a big step for their franchise. Speaking of big steps, how about the Pelicans? Their win at home last night, 103-100 against the Golden State Warriors for arguably the best and biggest win of the season. Golden State had come into the game as the number one seed overall, 63 wins on the season. The Pelicans uh, really needed to take care of uh, at least one of these two tough ones here in this back-to-back. They've gotten started on the right foot with a big win, an emotional one at uh, Smoothie King Center last night. It was sold out, 18,097 fans who really uh, rose to the occasion late in that ball game to see the Pelicans outscore the Warriors by 15 in the second half and go on to win by three. It didn't look good. There were... Uh, Two big runs in the first half, one at the end of the first quarter, one at the end of the second quarter for the Warriors. They led by 12 at halftime, and uh, this is certainly a team that is quite used to playing out front, especially by double digits. They have 44 double-digit wins this season, which is nothing short of remarkable. But the Pelicans uh, got it done, and especially at the free-throw line. If you look at the box score and you look at points in the paint, second-chance points, field goal percentage, all of those favored Golden State last night. Both teams, though, each had nine threes, and then the Pelicans had 22 points at the free-throw line to Golden State 7. That was a huge storyline last night. And the fact that the Pelicans held the Warriors to uh, 45 second-half points was huge. That's well below their normal pace for a half of scoring. And so New Orleans 
guarantees themselves a winning season with 42 wins and now leapfrogs Oklahoma City into the Western Conference playoff picture. They now hold the eighth seed, and all five teams in the Southwest Division are currently in place for the Western Conference playoffs. Absolutely remarkable. Um, Coming up, we'll hear from head coach Monty Williams and Anthony Davis, and David Wesley will join us as well. It is a Wesley Wednesday, but I want to take you back as best we can through the game last night, radio style. Daniel Salerson has put together a highlight pack from the big win against the Golden State Warriors. And Iguodala will start it off between the circles. Cunningham on defense with his heels near the three-point line. Over the screen by Bogan. Iguodala throws to Curry. Wing right for three. Good. Mercy. Curry's first three makes it 27-19. Evans turns, lobs for the rim. Alley-oop, dunk caught, thrown down by Anthony Davis. A little hammer time right there. That's 24 to 12, and that's a good way to a stylish way to get to it. Barnes has it, brings it up. Goes to Curry straight away for three. Uh-oh. And just like the end of the first quarter, it's a run here late in the second quarter for Golden State, who's grown their lead to 11, 49-38. That turnover was the seventh of the ball game for Golden State. Here's Evans around the high middle screen by Davis. Sneaks down the right side of the lane, scoop of the glass. No dunk follow with two hands. That's Davis finishing. 14 for Davis, and we're tied at 59. Evans, top of the arc. Pelicans from three are seven to 14. Evans over to Gordon. 4-3 in the tie. Yes, sir. Tied at 72 with 2.13 to go in the third quarter. Anderson hands it off to Cole. Right back to Anderson, posting up. Left side of the lane against Iguodala. Turn, shoots the fader. Banked it in. Anderson back to back. And the lead is 5, 83-78. Well, who says the bank ain't open this time of night? I believe the ATMs run all 24 hours. 325 to play. Curry around a high middle screen by Bogan. Drives the right wing, turns to his up top green, then quickly touches underneath to Bogan, who had set up shop at the rim, and he scores easily, forcing New Orleans into a timeout. Gordon drives to the right wing, jump pass out of the paint to Q. Three ball, good! Off the left sideline, right into Curry's face. Pondexter ties the game at 95. All teams have a foul to give. Bounce pass to Davis at the foul line. Down the lane, shoots a leaner, and scores! And scores! Foul on the play. Possible three-point possession for the Pelicans. 121 to go. It's 98-95, New Orleans leading. First place, Golden State. That's the dude. Thompson. Rose Digwadala, front court left, will quickly hand off to Curry. Around a screen by Draymond Green. Curry trying to elude Pondexter, fires for three, and he tied it. Tied it at 100 with 35.6 seconds left. Friends, I'm here to tell you that was not an easy look for Steph Curry. And it goes to Curry. Curry gets across half court down the right sideline. Pump fake from three. Jumps, missed it. Shoots again. Halfway in, rattled out. The Pelicans win as Curry first almost traveled with it and then jacked up the second chance three. That ball went halfway in, rimmed around, and popped out as the horn sounds, and the Pelicans upset the Warriors and have a winning season and are now back in the playoff picture with a 103-100 thriller here at Smoothie King Center. Well, the Pelicans again win it by three last night. Get set for the Grizzlies tonight. Anthony Davis was huge. He had 29 points. Most of those coming in the second half. He was 2 of 10 in the first half before getting all the way to 10 of 21 last night. And a couple of big plays down the stretch, as you heard. 
to help the Pelicans seal a huge home win and secure a winning season, which was a big, big goal of Monty Williams and, uh, and the team. When we come back from our first time out, we'll hear from head coach Monty Williams and also Anthony Davis, some interesting stuff that he said after the ball game last night that served as motivation for the team in their big, big, huge home win against Golden State. Stay with us. Join us this Friday at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center as the Phoenix Suns face your New Orleans Pelicans as they push towards the playoffs. Pelicans Fest starts at 5.30 with music, interactive games, and appearances by Pierre and the Pelicans dance team. The first 3,000 lucky kids will receive a pair of Pelicans red kid shorts. The final giveaway in our Year of the Red Uniform Series. Tickets start as low as $15, so call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. I'm Linda, mother of two beautiful 13-year-old twins. While my son has brown hair and blue eyes and my daughter has blonde with green eyes, they both share one identical DNA trait. I hate spinach. No one leaves the table until you finish your vegetables. Getting my kids to want to eat vegetables, that's my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new veggie blends at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to get your kids to love vegetables. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. What's up, Pelican fans? This is Anthony Mackie, a shorter, talented version of Anthony Davis, and you are listening to the Black and Blue Report. Go Pelicans. Still to come here on the Black and Blue Report, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers draft preview and David Wesley on a Wesley Wednesday. David and I, of course, will be talking a lot about last night's game and looking forward to uh, this uh, tough one in Memphis tonight against the Grizzlies at the uh, FedEx Forum, the building they call the Grindhouse. Uh, before we get out of here on this uh, Wednesday, in our final segment, I've got to take you through the Southwest Division standings. Uh, there's still a ton here at play, and uh, it'll be very interesting um, in these last five, six games for these teams, especially uh, involving the Memphis Grizzlies. They have plenty to play for tonight. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. Meanwhile, back to last night. Head coach Monty Williams thrilled with his team's effort, uh, his team picking up that big win and achieving a winning season. We talk about that and more just outside the locker room following the win. We feel real good about beating the best team in the NBA. Um, they played tonight. They didn't rest their guys. They went after it. So it's a great marker for us. Um, our defense was stellar in the second half. We held them to 45 points. And um, anytime you can hold them in the mid-40s shooting the ball, uh, you feel pretty good. Quincy and then Eric were phenomenal tonight uh, defensively against uh, Clay and Steph. Steph hit a lot of tough shots. Uh, he may be the best shooter I've ever seen. I've never seen a guy who can make shots like that in so many different ways. But our guys stayed with it, and our defense uh, carried us in the second half. Coach, those runs that they used to end the first and end the second yeah. put you in a big hole there to start the second half. Yeah. Um, how how were you able to turn it around so quickly? I, I told the guys that halftime we we didn't play with any dog at all. Uh, we were passive. Uh, first couple of possessions, we just gave the ball away. There was no pressure. We just gave the ball away. Um, I wasn't concerned with the shots that we missed, uh, even even though I didn't like it. But I, I didn't like the pace and, and the play that we had from an aggressive standpoint. In transition, we were awful. Uh, we weren't talking at all. And we just talked about, you know, if we play with more force and talk on defense, it'll get us going a little bit. And I thought O'Meara in the third quarter gave us a big boost. Those buckets he got gave us some juice. 
Coach, the Warriors gave you one more good punch in the fourth. I think it was a 13-2 run. They go back up by three. Yeah. Uh, responding from that may be a sign of growth for your team. Yeah, Quincy hits a big shot. We go down by three, hits a three in the corner. And I thought that gave our, our guys some life. I think Tyreek made a great pass to him. And Quincy was, he was like that all night long. The moment didn't bother him at all, and he played great D on Steph, even though Steph hit a, a lot of shots. Seemed like a tale of two halves for Anthony Davis tonight, Coach. Yeah, he was the main guy that I was talking about at halftime. You know, he and I have been talking about him playing with the dog that he played with uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, we had a conversation yesterday about that. Like, you know, I hadn't seen that dog anymore, uh, or lately, and um, he came out in the second half, and he just, he carried us. Uh, the rebound that he got, the last one that he got, was a signature rebound. Like, I don't know of anybody else in the league that can go up and get that ball, and he went and got it when we needed it. Coach, there's five st games still to go, but tonight you secure a winning season. What are your thoughts about that? Well, you know, th that was the thing that we, um, we were shooting for uh, before the season started. You know, the process is a long and hard one. Um, before you can get to where you want to get to, you gotta, <laughs> you got to graduate. And um, we told our guys a, a couple months ago that we don't want to play 500 basketball anymore. we got to move past that as an organization, as a team. And so for us to be here and to do it against a team like that is a sign of growth. Now, you know, we got to, you know, keep it and, and hold on to it because we're going to play a, a pretty good team tomorrow night. Meanwhile, while this was going on, just moments prior on the floor, Anthony Davis spoke with Jen Hale of Fox Sports New Orleans. It was a walk-off interview after the Pelicans win. Davis had 29 points and a couple of interesting notes to share about the team's motivation for last night's win. Take a listen to this. AD, congratulations. The Pelicans take control of that eighth spot tonight. What was the key and how are you feeling? Feel great. You know, uh, we knew it was going to be a tough game for us. You know, uh, Steph coming out, scoring the ball, Clay. You know, um, they made a lot of tough shots. You know, and we just wanted to defend. You know, I think Coach called some great plays for us. We made some big time stops. You know, we came out with the win tonight. You have been such a leader on this team this year. What does this win mean to you personally? Uh, it means a lot. You know, they came out and you know, said this was going to be a scrimmage game. You know, we kind of took that personal, you know, and um, we know what they did to us the last three times, well, two times that we played them. Uh, we had one close game here that went to overtime, but you know, we take a lot of games personal, you know, and we, we feel like we're a better team than people think we are, you know, and expect us to be, so we, we, we try to try to go out there and play hard. Davis, of course, also had 10 rebounds to go along with his 29 points. It was a double-double. Uh, he's over 40 now on the season with regard to that. He was also one of four starters that finished in double figures. Pondexter was great last night, especially early. He ended up 6 of 7 for 20 points. 12 points, 9 assists for Tyreek Evans. Eric Gordon hit two big threes as well last night. He had 11 points. And Ryan Anderson, despite going 5 of 15, finished with 12 points on to primarily two three-pointers himself. And uh, I think something lost in the box score here is Anderson's ability to rebound and also defend last night. He was a better defender than I think he usually is in the low post, and he finished with nine rebounds to go alongside those 12 points. All right, Pelicans and Grizzlies here in Memphis tonight. More on that in a moment with David Wesley. We'll talk standings a little bit as well. We still have NFL football to discuss. It's a busy Wednesday here on the Black and Blue Report.
Pelicans fans. Be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game, Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Help Pierre the Pelicans save the coast in this infinite flying adventure. Save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises. This fun interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the Audubon Nature Institute. Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Available only on the Pelicans app. Download it today. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Guess what day it is? Hump day? Well, yeah, and it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. We continue from Memphis on the Black and Blue Report. David Wesley is here on a Wesley Wednesday. We will visit in the uh, lobby of the Team Hotel. We've been picking different locations. I think that Los Angeles uh, poolside right now is still top of the list, but we are across the from the world-famous Gibson Guitar Factory. You don't seem real thrilled. <laughs> uh, you know, if you're into that, and I am into music. I, I do like instruments, and uh, I've, when I was very, very young, I used to toy around with uh, a guitar. Could play Mary Had a Little Lamb. And uh, so <laughs> I know what you mean. So you're accomplished. <laughs> uh, a little bit, a yeah. little bit. I played the trombone later on in 7th and 8th grade. So, well, you know, I got some music talent. Not. I remember uh, I, it, it wasn't you. Certainly it wasn't. You know, on my... Uh, on my spotter sheets for the games, I have little notes about each of the players and whatnot. And I don't think it was you. I had somebody on there. I know who it was. It was David West. I had some obscure note that he was an accomplished, I think, tuba player. I may have big tuba player. It's a. It's a, The tuba looks rather small <laughs> for the first time. Yes, right, right. it's a big instrument, big man, small instrument. Right. But that. that uh, I just. I. That sparked a memory there, me thinking of that obscure note that I had in David West's box, uh, and I just had to remember that it wasn't you who played the tuba, it was no. David West. I'm a trombone guy, not a tuba. Okay, fair enough. Uh, how about the win last night against Golden State? Huge, huge, huge. And there were a couple of times in that game where they could have folded their tent and said, well, they're just too good. And they didn't, they kept playing. Uh, kept making plays. That, that run they made at the beginning of the third quarter, amazing. The Anthony Davis finally got his juices flowing, and you, you know it's 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 one of those games that you could feel the electricity in the building, and you were in the game. You felt it. You're, you're you feel like you're in the game, playing the game, when all you're doing is sitting there talking about it. You know, I'm watching the first half. Golden State goes on a great run to end the first quarter. They do it again at the end of the second quarter. You know, Curry hits the three. They go up by 12. It, you and I joke about this. John DeShazer, too. You know, I put my headphones down, and I just said, you know, this is why we can't have nice things. Uh, <laughs> but this team has found a way to correct things in-game, which wasn't the case over the last two seasons. And, and you really see it in these last few games where – uh, you see those times in a game where everybody, I'm sure at their own time, goes, oh, no, here we go. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you said, that run at the end of the first, the run at the end of the second, you're thinking, oh, no, 
You know what the weird thing about it is? Sometimes I'm not aware of the score while I'm watching. And so sometimes I look up at the score and it's either bigger or smaller than I thought. And the way they made that run at the end of the first, it felt like they were down 20. The way they made the run at the end of the second, it felt like they were down 20. Mm -hmm. So when I look up and it's 12, I'm thinking, oh, okay, that's not bad. So I wasn't in that oh no yet because I was thinking, oh, well, it seems like they just made shot, shot, shot. They're killing them. And they weren't. And somehow that's the way they felt going into the locker room because they came out like ready to go, 10-0 run, end up taking the lead there in the third and, and played that third quarter amazing. Pelicans have won five of their last six. That win last night against Golden State is a part of that run, and obviously now they're in the eighth position of the Western Conference playoffs. Part of me wants to say that's the win that, you're, that gets you in. They're going to finish this thing. And then part of me looks across the street and sees FedEx Forum and says, oh, by the way, still to go. Memphis, <laughs> Phoenix, which won't be too easy on uh, Friday, Houston, San Antonio. Um, are you on the side of the fence that says it's theirs it's theirs now or there's still too much to be decided? Well, last night they both had the same amount of games to finish, them and OKC. Mm-hmm. To me, it's theirs. You win, you're in because they have the tiebreaker. And as long as you have the same amount of games and you have a better record or the same record, all you have to do is win. They can't worry about Phoenix, Houston, San Antonio, Memphis. That's it. They can't worry about Oklahoma City, Memphis. Go win your games and you take care of business. And so uh, we all know Oklahoma City has an easier schedule. One, they might finish out without losing. Mm -hmm. So – can't look over the fence. Right here. They have to win their games. Coach Wesley here with us today. You've kind of turned this around a little bit. Last week you were kind of more bigger pitcher. This is laser focus for you. Well, you know what? That's the thing, and that's the fun time of fun thing about the end of the year and the playoffs is it does get more focus. You do have more of a mission. You do have more of an assignment and you know, each and every night, you know, you narrow the focus, plays, lineups, everything shortens. It's it's a fun time of year. It kind of gets your your blood flowing. It does. It does. It's kind of like the end of the game last night. By the way, the basketball gods had their say, didn't they? And then we'll talk about Memphis here. But take me through that last play last night to wrap up the conversation about State. Well, Curry thought he comes down and, you know, they need this one shot. and you th- And he thinks he pump fakes, draws a foul. Uh, and I think it was Cunningham defending. And Cunningham doesn't foul him that I could tell, but he also doesn't touch the ball either. And in the middle of his shot, he drops the ball on the floor, picks it up, and shoots it. And I'm saying, that's a travel. And Joel had a a different angle. So he's saying uh, Cunningham, you know, tipped the ball, and, and Curry gets it back, and I said, no. He just dropped the ball, picked it up, and shot it. I said, now, if that goes in, now what? They would have went back, checked to see if it was off in time, and if it was a three-pointer. But they wouldn't have said, oh, by the way, it was a travel no basket. And that would have went into overtime. That could have been terrible. Could have been a season-ending situation. Absolutely. And then you would go back. Let's say you win the next, you know, you start in the night, you win the rest of them, and then you lose by one out of the playoffs. You go back to that, and there's nothing you can do. You can moan and groan and be mad at the official and 
who didn't have one of his better nights. Uh, I, yeah, we'll leave it. Yeah. Let's just <laughs> let it right there on the chair here. Um, Memphis tonight, look, I think the Pelicans have fared very well in recent memory against Memphis. I don't know if it's a matchup thing or what. Um, the record says so. The matchups kind of say so. Uh, Memphis hasn't been playing well here, but yet looking at the standings this morning, they have a ton to play for. Uh, nobody wants to see San Antonio in the first round. So therefore, it might behoove one to have the second seed overall in the West, which is there for Memphis to battle for still. So look, tonight, tonight you're going to see another postseason type game involving the Pelicans. Uh, certainly, and I, I think that's what they have to expect even if they come in and blow somebody out, they have to expect everybody's best from here on in. Phoenix, who's not going to make it, they could come in just bitter, just we want to be a spoiler. They're going to get the best out of everybody. Mm -hmm. um, they can't sit around and think, oh, will they rest? Well, we may have the night off. No, you don't. Every single night you have to bring it. Everybody has to be all hands on deck. I remember talking to Director of Security Randy Greenup last night, and I said, these guys need to start thinking about getting their rest, doing things the right way, focusing, getting all their treatment. Everybody's got to be thinking playoffs. If there's one guy that's not thinking playoffs and all of a sudden his number's called, he goes out there and makes a bunch of dumb plays because he's not ready, that could be the plays that cost you. This is gonna, these possessions shorten down to just one possession, and every possession could mean, well, if that possession, if that possession, if that possession, if I'd have came in ready, we would have won. More of a business trip than ever before. All right, let me, let me, let's, uh, let's end on a two-sided question here. Okay. I want to ask you, what are the challenges for the Pelicans tonight in their matchup with the Grizzlies, and what are some things that perhaps they can take advantage of, their strengths that place particularly uh, toward this, this ball game tonight? Well, you know, the, the Memphis tends to be kind of a grinded-out team, kind of a half-court play inside. They can play up-tempo, but they can play both ways. So their inside game with Gasol and um, Zach Randolph, if he plays, it, he, that's going to be their go-to. That's what the Pelicans have to, to, to worry about. Conley, he's going to do his thing. He plays on the perimeter, shooting shots. Their discipline last night, I thought, on Curry and Clay was good most of the night. It has to be good again. Um, but the Pelicans – over their last few games, scoring up over 100, they got to continue to push those limits. They, when they play with pace, I, 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 and I keep saying it, and I probably said it last week, when they play with pace, that is their strength. They're not grinded out 48-minute half-court team. I don't think anybody really is. It's hard to play that way. Mm -hmm. But the more up and down they can get, they, they have to do that. They have to get up and down and, and play at a faster pace, Probably won't score over 100 tonight, but challenge that. 95, 96, 97. I think they win. All right. Very good. That'd be a great back-to-back, -back, wouldn't it? It'd be the best of the year. <laughs> no doubt. David Wesley here with us on a Wesley Wednesday. Um, I don't think I'll see him at the Gibson Guitar Factory uh, before the day is out. Remember, laser-like focus. Uh, no, no, no touring today, says David Wesley. I got to work to do. Yes, he does. He'll be on the air tonight with David, or excuse me, uh, Joel Myers and Jennifer Hale on Fox Sports New Orleans. Their coverage begins at 6:30. Tip off again just after seven. When we come back, we'll jump on the NFL side and begin our draft preview series. It all starts with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this year's NFL draft, and we'll do the same in just a moment.
The future is now. For the New Orleans Pelicans, as All-Star Anthony Davis has become one of the elite players in the NBA, 2015-16 season tickets are now on sale. So make sure to get your seats now and receive special gifts as part of our parade of prizes. Season ticket holders receive great benefits, including access to exclusive team events, plus savings on concessions and merchandise. Be part of the best fan experience in the NBA by calling 525-HOOP or visiting pelicans.com today. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. Everything you need to know about the Saints and Pelicans is right here on the Black and Blue Report. All right, welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. And we begin at the top with our NFL Draft Preview Series. Of course, Tampa Bay selects overall at number one. In fact, the Buccaneers have eight picks before it's all said and done. And to help us a little more perspective, or at least maybe give us uh, some insight as to what the Bucks may do, not only at number one, but throughout this year's NFL Draft, it is Andrew Astleford, he's covering the Tampa Bay sports scene with Sun Sports, and he joins us here to start things off. Andrew, uh, you have the privilege and honor at the top here uh, to begin this series that will take us through the first 13 teams and, of course, all the way through the NFC South as well. Good to have you, sir. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Well, who's it going to be at number one for Tampa? You want to try and take a stab at the, uh, the biggest question surrounding the draft right now? Yeah, well, I think at this point it'll be a surprise if they don't go the Jameis Winston route. Uh, they've done a lot of homework on Jameis from everything we've heard. But general manager Jason Light and coach Lovey Smith, I think they're pleased with what what they found, you know, with background checks, what they've seen on the field, of course, on tape, and just in the off-season work, too, with the combine and the pro day. And, and they're actually having a private workout with them today in Tallahassee. So I think the more they're around him, the more they're comfortable with him. And it just seems like momentum has just been building for Jameis throughout the offseason. So unless this is a giant smoke screen, one of the sort I've never seen before, you know, I think they're going to go Jameis Winston. Uh, they sure seem like you know they, they bought in with his charisma, his potential to lead this franchise out of the depths that it's suffered from for the past few years, of course. And they've really never had a franchise quarterback, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, when you think about it. You know, they had a number one pick way back when with Vinny Testaverde. They've recycled through guys like Steve Young before he went to the 49ers. And, you know, of late, like Josh Freeman turned out to be not what they expected. And then they suffered with Josh McCown last year. So I think this franchise is just aching to have a franchise quarterback. And I think there is some risk involved with taking Jameis Winston, of course. You never quite know what he's going to do off the field, I believe. But, you know, I think the Bucks are willing to take that chance, and they hope for a quick fix to turn this franchise around in a hurry. I don't have any doubt in my mind that they haven't uh, vetted this process all the way through and, and would hopefully have, you know, obviously some safeguards in place. But, Andrew, whether it be your own personal opinion or maybe something that you've heard from the Bucks themselves, what separated or what was the difference between Jameis Winston and perhaps Mariota? I think it's just the potential for Jameis to be more successful right away. You're talking about a team that had high expectations last year or at least expectations of a turnaround after the kind of the traumatic final year of Greg Chiano and Mark Dominic as general manager. And, 
and they shopped a lot in free agency and hoped to just plug and play with a lot of people and everything just blew up in their face during that 2-14 and season. So they need a quarterback in here who can really guide this team right away and, and kind of resuscitate this regime because I don't know if Lovey Smith and Jason Light will survive another two-win, three-win season if that's the case next season. I think there is some pressure for them to show progress, to win, you know, at least five or six games and show that they can be competitive within the NFC South. And as you remember, last year the division was just so bad, but the Bucks did not have one division win all year. So, you know, this is a team that must show that can be competitive in the NFC South, that it can make progress, win a game at home. That's something they didn't do last season. So, you know, I, I think Winston gives them that chance, more so than Mariota. I think there's still some questions about Mariota being a system quarterback, kind of a product of Oregon's uh, scheme up there. I don't know if all those concerns are, are well-founded, but you know, I think the perception is that Jameis Winston would be the better choice for this franchise to kind of turn things around quickly and to make the most use of uh, targets like Vincent Jackson and Mike Evans and offensive variant Jenkins at tight end. Uh, I think – Jameis would be that guy for this team, and they need to be right with that choice. All right, so a lot of other needs to be filled. As we mentioned at the top, they'll have seven other picks uh, pretty much covering every round of this year's NFL draft. Uh, what do you think or should uh, the, the Buccaneers do with the remainder of their draft? Well, I think they need to look at the offensive line. Even in round two, I think the left tackle would be a position that they should possibly search for, you know, at that spot. This is an offensive line that was just abysmal last year for Tampa Bay. A main reason why they struggled on offense, of course, Josh McCown was careless at times with the ball. And the running game was nothing to speak of. Aside from Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson, really no one on offense was a playmaker. But, you know, I think all that goes back to the offensive line just struggling. You know, they made that trade for Logan Mankins, and, you know, they signed a person like Evan Dedrick Smith as a free agent to come in here. They had DeMar Dotson from the former regime, but they expected him to have a high upside. Just none of it came together for this group last year. And so, you know, I think they could really use a left tackle. And that was a spot last year when they signed Anthony Collins in the offseason. They gave him a lot of money to come in and a former player of the Cincinnati Bengals who they thought was really going to be a great addition for them. And that completely blew up in their face, and they released them in the offseason here. So they need to figure out an answer to that position, of course, because even if you draft a person like Jameis Winston, if he doesn't have time back there in the pocket to operate, and to deliver the ball to those big targets, then they're in big trouble. So I do believe that offensive line in the first few rounds after round number one, even round two, three, four, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see them try to build depth in the offensive line, just fix that problem because it was the crux of their issue last year for sure. Well, as dreadful as their season was last year, maybe a good draft here, starting with, as you're saying, Jameis Winston at the top will take care of a, a fan base that could use a little shot in the arm. What do you think about that as far as the area goes? Oh, yeah, I believe. So there are a lot of Florida State fans around Tampa, of course, and people who have followed the past two seasons with him. His reputation around here is that he's a proven winner. They really like his charisma, of course. And, and I, I think just that public relations aspect alone compared to Marcus Mariota, that would be big for this area because Davis is just – much more dynamic in front of the camera. The Bucks have had both Jameis and Marcus visit the facility. They posted videos of 
both on the website giving interviews and it's just kind of night and day the way you know both kind of carry themselves and you know they're two separate people and you have to be who you are but I think Jameis would be a much better uh, pitch man for this organization you know just kind of a, a face of hope and I think that'd be very important for the area so of course you know a lot of Florida State fans know what he did on the field and the success he had I think a lot of people would come to Raymond James Stadium to watch him begin his pro career uh, those Florida State fans and even others as well. So I think there would be something to that connection with Florida State, just bringing the energy into an area that has just been lacking it for uh, many years with this franchise, and a shot in the arm would be huge for Tampa Bay. Great stuff, Andrew. I think you did a great job of starting us off. Uh, you know, everybody else will be now be measured to you as far as what your evaluation <laughs> was of the draft for the Buccaneers. Well, I appreciate it a lot. Anytime. Thank you so much. You got it. Andrew Astleford from Sun Sports with us, uh, also covering uh, not only the Buccaneers, but he's got NHL playoffs to worry about and a new start to a baseball season as well over in the Tampa area. So we'll wish him the best, and uh, we'll see how this plays out for the Buccaneers. We'll continue our series here as we get closer and closer to this year's NFL draft. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get text with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelican Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. Racing fans, you won't want to miss the Professional Drag Racers Association Cajun Nationals Pro Mod at Thunder Road Raceway Park in Gilliam, Louisiana, just outside of Shreveport. This exciting event runs April 30th through May 2nd. For more information, visit www.racetrrp.com. And while in town, enjoy great gaming action, shopping, food, and nightlife. For additional things to see and do, visit shreveport-bossier.org or call 888-45-VISIT. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. I want to take a moment and look at the Southwest Division, uh, especially I'm, with the fact that the Pelicans are now in the playoff picture again as the eighth seed, hoping to hold on to that here the, the rest of the way. We're about a week away from the end of the regular season. But if things stand pat, all five teams from the Southwest Division are going to be in the Western Conference playoffs, which is, I think, remarkable to say the least. Pelicans, of course, are at the bottom of the division, but seven games over 500. First place in the division currently is being held by the Houston Rockets at 53 and 24. This is where tonight's game comes into play. The Pelicans will take uh, on a Memphis team still with plenty to play for. Not only are they going to fight for a division championship, but the division champion most likely will earn the number two seed behind Golden State in the Western Conference, and therefore probably avoiding division mate San Antonio, who is as hot as can be and is the defending champ. So that would be a huge move for Memphis if they can take care of business and jump over Houston, not only for the division title, but to avoid San Antonio, the defending world champions. So you've got Memphis then at 52-25, and 25, just one game back going into tonight of the Houston Rockets. San Antonio, meanwhile as they've been as hot as they are, 31-8 and eight at home. And, uh, and while they have a sub-500 record in the division, they are red hot, winning 18 of the last 21. San Antonio at 52-26 and 26 is just a game and a half behind front-running Houston 
and obviously then a half game behind Memphis. Dallas seems to be where they're going to be at 46 and 31. There's seven games back in the division lead, but yet four games ahead of the Pelicans going into tonight's play. So there is a lot in play here with regard to the Southwest Division, and especially for the Memphis Grizzlies, who take on, obviously, the New Orleans Pelicans tonight. Should be a lot of fun. It's going to get crazy here as we go down the stretch. And certainly Oklahoma City says uh, we want still a chance at uh, making the playoffs despite their recent woes and all the injury problems they've had to deal with. We will discuss in depth more tomorrow on the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Obviously, that will be headlined by the uh, Pelicans and Grizzlies game tonight at FedEx Forum. We'll continue our NFL draft preview tomorrow, and we'll focus in on the Titans, who hold the number two pick overall. And we uh, change things up a little bit, and uh, I'll get my first foray into UFC. Daniel Cormier and Ryan Bader, who will take each other on June 6th in New Orleans, will be in studio at the same time on Airline Drive. Um, I might have to get the old catcher's mask out. Uh, before we start that interview tomorrow. That'll be interesting to say the least. That'll be the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I want to thank everybody here on this Wednesday, including Andrew uh, Astelford from Sun Sports, David Wesley, Monty Williams, and Anthony Davis, too. Hope you have a great rest of your Wednesday. Can't wait to talk to you on the radio tonight as the Pelicans take on the Grizzlies at 7 Central. There is television coverage as well with Chen Hale, Joel Myers, and David Wesley. Uh, their pregame coverage starts at 6.30, tip-off just after 7 from the FedEx Forum. That'll do it for us here in the Mid-South. We'll look forward to seeing you all back in the Gulf South after this ball game tonight. I'm Sean Kelly saying so long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.